theyeshiva.net. Nuntes, page Nuntes, the last two pages. So the Gemara said, in Meseches Avodah something quite astounding, that Yisrael Shabachutz Loritz, Oivdei Avodah Zorah B'Tarahim. That's what the Chazal teaches in Masech Tavodizor in the first Perik of Ches. That Ibishmol said that the Jewish people who live in Chutzlaritz are Oivdei Avodizor. Kvayachal, so to speak, they worship idols, but he adds Betahara, impurity. What does it mean, impurity? Purity means innocently, sincerely. Rashi, I think, says over there that they don't have Sima slave. It's not. Uh, they're trying to be Oivdei Avodei Zara Chas V'Shalom. So also B'Chutzlar, it's Jews, B'Chutzlar, it's Elochid. V'Tara means, in their mind, they're doing something pure. It's not something that they are uh, consciously and intentionally trying Chas Chalilu V'Chas to do Avodei Zara. That's why he says the word V'Tara. And he brings an example, a Jew makes a party, uh, an idolater makes a party, and all the Jews are invited, because they're living among them. And even though they're eating kosher food and they have a shamash there, nonetheless, it's already a connection to Avodah The well, The question he asks, the Maimir is, that it seems so strange because Rav Yisrael Abachutz how can the Bishmal make such a statement? Hitaka wanted to bring out the mile of living in Eretz Yisrael and the mile of living with other Jews. He could say about every Jew in Chutzlar, it's also B'chutzlar, it's like a lot of statements, especially in Shabdam Jews in Chutzlar, live with each other. They don't necessarily go to parties of Oiv de So to make such a blanket statement, Yisrael Shabbat Chutzlar, it's Oiv de And the word Oiv de even if he uses the word Betara, which means they're not doing it maliciously, they're doing it with a sense of purity and innocence, it's still very difficult to understand how a Tana would say this. So on this, the Maimir explained that what he meant was the word Betara doesn't only mean Betara and purity, in the sense that they don't want to do Avedizara, they're just doing it. It means it's a different type of Avedizara. Avedizara in its, uh, in a more subtle form, not Avedizara kipshutai chas v'shalom. Misoshah b'chutzlar, it's not chashud, any Jew is not chashud on this. Kol Yisrael b'cheskas kashus, especially when it comes to Avedizara, which is one of the three cardinal principles on which we say Yaharik v'ayav. What we're talking about is the shayrish, the Nikuda, Betara. The why reason he uses the word Betara is because basically it's of a, a much more subtle, transcendent, more abstract form, which is a Nikuda of Avedazar, or a Shadish of Avedazar. And what was the concept? The concept is that in Chutzlaritz, the Levushim are more thick, they're more dense, the word in English would be more opaque. Levushim Gassim, they're more opaque. They're mailim or master more. The levushim of teva are more mailim or master. Obviously, everywhere in the world, there are levushim of teva. Hashem is expressed only through alakim in our world, or generally through alakim, besides in unique situations and moments. But still, there's a difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laretz. Eretz Yisrael, the energy is a different energy. When he's Melamitzchus, sees Melamitzchus on the basis of the fact that, after all, they're, they're in a place where Kedusha is opaque, it's not so easy for them to chop it. Why isn't he instead Melamitzchus on the fact that it wasn't Bikufan, but it was only Bisichla? Why is that a lesser way to be Melamitzchus on them? 
he could have chosen that as a way to say, it's not Mamish Avodazar, because after all, they're not bowing. Yeah, that, that, that too. It's both, 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 yeah, that's what he says, yeah, both. Side in the Kud of Chutzlar, it's side in the Kud of Batara. So, Melo, what happens is, is, not that they bow their heads to idols, but the concept of bowing a head represents you submit to something. Why do you submit to it? Because you, th- you, you see in it value. And not always in a bad way. You came in, you bowed down. Bowing down is not always, it's not is also. It's one of the four avoiders. It's also in every avoider zara. Even if there's different types of worship, first avoider that's always, always forbidden is ishtachavon. But what's the concept of bowing down? It represents that you attribute tremendous value and significance and chashivus to this, and that's why you bow down. In chutzlar, it's because the levushim of teva are so much more powerful. So therefore what happens is we bow our heads to teva. I give it tremendous significance. I give it tremendous power. That's the idea. Maybe not physically I bow my head, but emotionally. And you know sometimes when you emotionally bow your head, it's as powerful as physically bowing your head, or sometimes more. And sometimes I give over my head. I give over my heart. I lose myself in the process. And that's what often happens to people in work, in business, and really in other issues. Work and business are just a common metaphor because we need to do it every day, or almost every day, in order to generate revenue, at least many of us, a person loses themselves. They lose their soul. As you'll say, a person, he sells himself. His head, his heart, his pnimius, his neshama, his wife, his children. We spoke the other day, somebody asked me uh, in the Nusach of Pidyan Haben, a very strange text. If you ever did a Pidyan Haben, if you ever had did the mitzvah of Pidyan Haben, or you uh, observe the Pidyan Aben, or you'll open a city, you'll see that by a Pidyan Aben, the Kayan speaks to the Father. The Kayan says, But my Be'ina, what would you like? Do you want Bnech B'chayrech? Do you want your oldest son? Or do you want the Chamisha Slayim? Or do you want the money that you owe me? What do you want? Which one? So the Father says, I would like my son. The Helach is the money, takes the money, gives the son. <coughs> this question is a strange question. Chamisha Sloyim today is, I don't know, $30, $40. Those who are very machmed give $70, $80. Somebody asks the father, what do you want? 40 bucks or your child? He says, by the way, I'd like my child instead of the $40. What type of question is this? Aldera uh, Haremes, <coughs> the client is not asking for today. He's asking for the future. Now the boy is 30 days old, that's good. But in the future, five years from now, ten years from now, the wife calls you and says, Chaim will need you. I don't have time. Why not? I gotta, somebody got to support you. Somebody got to make Hamisha slurm. So the Kayan says, but my being, what do you want? You want your child or you want the money? A lot of times people sacrifice that which is most sacred to them, and they know that it's most sacred to them. They're not going to deny. They don't say, I don't care about my... No normal person says, I don't care about my children. I don't care about my marriage. I don't care about my life. I don't care about my God. I do care. 
But in the process of levusha, you have to have I lose. I lose it. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I forget. Why? I'll lose myself. Sometimes I sell myself. Why? Again, because the Levushim are thick, so I start worshipping them. I worship them. And when I worship them, because all based on the mistake of the connection that's lacking between Hashem, Yudkei Vovke, and Elikim. That's the Nikud. So this can, of course, happen in Eitz Yisrael also. And it doesn't mean in Chutz Lord, it has to happen. But I mean that in Chutz Lord, it's, it's a very, very common, common thing. What we call... You worship the dollar. Right? There was once a Jewish comedian who said that uh, his father came to America believing that the streets of America are paved with gold. They used to call this place the Golden of Medina. Everything was paved with gold. He says when he came here, he discovered three things. The roads were not paved with gold. Number two, the roads were not paved at all. Number three, he had to pave them. <laughs> but... Uh, so in that process, very often, in Chutz Laaretz, this is what the Bishmol means, betahara. Betahara, it's the, it's the Nekud, it's the Shairish. It doesn't mean they're over chas v'shalom on Avedazara The Nekud of Avedazara. What's the Nekud of Avedazara? It's always the period of Avayev Elikim in different formats and manifestations from the highest to the lowest. In fact, the Rambam and Hilchas Avedazara, Perik Aleph, gives... A fascinating history of Avedizara. It's very unique that a Sefer of Halacha, like the Rambam, should dedicate a significant amount of the chapter, very long space, to discuss history. The Rambam discusses how it happened, uh, the, how history evolved to Avram Avinu. The reason the Rambam does it, and the Farshim struggle, is because he's trying to. Avedizara starts in consciousness, doesn't start in Maisa. So the Rambam has to explain. Shoirish of it, because it's about it's about understanding the Nakuda of Avaidazara, because Avaidazara doesn't start with mice, it starts belave, it starts Bamayah. The Nakuda the Rambam starts over says over there is it did not begin with what we're what we call Avaidazara today. It began actually with Amuna. The Rambam says that the people felt, you know, if you were if uh, a, a married couple, yeah, you buy a gift to a spouse. Why? To show appreciation. An anniversary, a birthday, you buy a gift to a parent, to a brother, a sister, a child, you show appreciation. So the people said, God has a lot of people working very hard, a lot of creatures, a lot of constellations, a lot of forces working very hard. It's nice to show appreciation. It's nice to show appreciation. Don't take the moon for granted. Don't take the sun for granted. Don't take the galaxies for granted. Don't take the water for granted. Don't take the Nile in Egypt. Don't take the Nile for granted. Don't take wind. Huh? You tip the workers. You tip the waiter, yeah. You got to tip the waiter. And you know, in some good restaurants, the tip is Taisvis Marubalikir. So there's the tip. You're paying as much as uh, you bought a little hot dog for $2, and then your tip is $18. It's a good restaurant. So the tip, you got a tip. And you got to give a nice gift. And what if the waiter is doing an extra special job? And what if you want to get on the waiter's good side because the waiter has access to the kitchen? So the tip becomes more dramatic. And what if the person who's working 
is really, you know, a lot was delegated to them, and they have a lot of in, a lot of say, so you tip even more. That's how the Rambam understands the beginning of Avodah Zarah. What is it based on? What's the set of the Rambam again? Hilchas Avodah Zarah, the laws of idolatry, chapter 1, in Mishnah Torah. It's a fascinating chapter in Rambam. He goes through at length, Barichas, and it's a Sefer of Halacha. The Rambam usually doesn't go into history in Sefer Mishnah. It's not a book of history. It's a Sefer of Halacha. He gives Halacha. Hilchas Avodah Zarah, he would expect, he would start saying, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do this, as he usually does. But here he goes in a whole long Arichis, not even with Matan Taira, much before, before Avram Avinu and so forth. The Ram says that's how the whole, all the sacrifices began, Tavay Dezara, all because God would want that. God wants you should appreciate, the CEO wants you should appreciate the workers. Don't be a, so selfish. Yes, there's a person on the top, there's somebody on the top, there's somebody doing the work. And sometimes you want to flatter the person doing the work. And for me, the Rambam said it evolved and it, it devolved, I should say, until the most extreme and heinous and brutal and sometimes sadistic types of Abedas are. And then he says, As Avramavinu matured, he began to ponder, he began to ponder reality. And uh, he initiated a revolution. He would, he would go from city to city and, and, mm-hmm. and teach and make conferences and gather people and teach them. But what do we see from here? It doesn't begin necessarily with complete desire, complete denial of Hashem. It's all in the Loshan of, 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 of this Maimah. It's all the period of Havaya Velikim. One thing you don't do in a restaurant is you don't tip the forks and the knives and the bowls. Why not? You should tip them also. Without a bowl, how would you eat the soup? And without a fork, how would you eat the steak? And without a knife, how would you cut the chicken? And without a spoon, how would you eat the yoich, the, the soup? Everyone understands that you're not going to tip because the waiter is a balpchira. <laughs> the waiter could have gotten another job and pretty been paid even more. So you show appreciation to a Balbchir. The garzen, the 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 yoich, the, the, the bowl, the, the 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 spoon is a complete tool. It has absolutely nothing. And by flattering the spoon and speaking to it, even if you could see the atom is moving and you think it's alive, you're wasting your time. So it depends how much shivas do you give to the garz. You swallow shab chutzlarts and chutzlarts, it's very easy to give a lot of shivas to the garz. You don't see it as an axe. You see it as an initiator. Sometimes you see it even as the boss. Even if not as the boss, but somebody who has pull. And the presidents, all the presidents, men, the people who surround the president, you want to be nice to the people who surround the president. Why? Because they're not garzonim. They make decisions. And they have pull and they have access. People pay millions and millions of dollars to lobbyists. What are lobbyists? Lobbyists are connections. It's called protectia. I, they're not making the decisions, but they give you access to those who make decisions. Some of you who know about Gaboyim in different circles, yeah? Gaboyim is a very big job today. It's not Pasha. The Gabayim is Roshetavis. Yeah? Not only a Gabay and a Shul. Sometimes Gaboyim are very important. Why? Because the Gabay is not just a garrison. <laughs> At least in his mind, he's not a garrison. Etc., etc. So therefore, when that happens, Taka, you may have a point. The president's men are the president's men. When it comes to the world, to the process of the world, in other words, the ultimate truth, 
You have to be able to distinguish between the Chaitzim and the Garzim and understand that Hashem Hu Elikim, and this is not an easy thing to live with. Marshal Amahadavadaima, to give a marshal to this. Somebody walks into a bank. You want to withdraw money, you want to buy a house, and you heard you're an immigrant, and you heard that to have a house, you have to give a down payment. Say a down payment is $150,000 for a nice house. So you walk in, they say, Where do you get the down payment? Where do you get money? In the bank, you get money. So he goes into the bank, he wants to withdraw $150,000. So you ask somebody, how do you do this? They say you have to fill out a withdrawal slip. A withdrawal slip. He says, that's how you get the money? Yeah, you fill it out and you get the money. So he fills out a withdrawal slip, but he knows it's a lot to ask, one hundred and fifty grand in one shot. So he decides he's not just going to give a withdrawal slip. He's going to give a withdrawal slip. <laughs> like a ksuva. You ever see those ksuvas? They think it's a school of a shalom bayis. If the ksuva is laminated with avonim, toivus, margolis, you're wasting the money. Give it to the shriga better. Rishalom bites. <laughs> or give it to the wife. But they, he takes the withdrawal slip and gives it to a laminator and blows it up and has it uh, laminated and designed and decorated and then framed with one of the most expensive frames in New York City. It's a beautiful, beautiful withdrawal slip. And it's signed with names. Alts is good. And you deliver it to the teller of the bank and you're waiting for him or for her to be swept off their feet with such a deposit, with such a withdrawal slip. How can they resist you? And she types in the account number and she says, you have 63 cents left in the account. No, no, I need $150,000. <laughs> Sir, you have 63 cents, maybe $63 left in the account. I can't give you. But what do you mean? They told me that the withdrawal slip is the way to get the money. Is that true? Everybody lied? No, 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 no. The withdrawal slip is the way to get the money if you got the money in the bank. If you don't have the money in the bank, you can give me a thousand withdrawal slips. You can decorate them for Heinz Morgan. It's futile. Now you're laughing at my metaphor, but this metaphor is a real metaphor. So somebody says, oh, so we don't use withdrawal slips? We do use withdrawal slips. Because that's the system a bank sets up. Yutoifus, Rabbi Yaakov, Yutoifus, the marshal. The system, the system, the system that a bank sets up is that if you want the money, you need a withdrawal slip. That's the way. Are there times they can break the rules? I'm sure there's times they can break the rules, but this is the way it happens. How do you deal on the garrison is about here? It's another person. Very good question. What of the garrison is which can garrison is about here? He'll be a garrison male. He's about here when it comes to himself. He's not about here when it comes to you. Huh? <laughs> like a gaba, yeah. We're explaining that the reason we tip a waiter is because the waiter has a balkhira. You can say the same thing in the world. Mail if we're talking about nature, there's no bkhira. But people do have bkhira. The answer to that is a very good question. Very good question. The answer to that is a person has bkhira what to want to do to me. What happens to me, that doesn't depend on a person's bkhira. You understand what I'm saying? There's two separate things. There's what a person wants to do that he has prayer for. What he decides to do that he has prayer for. What happens to me, Bapayal Mamesh, that's not his prayer. I can try to do a lot of things. Some of them work out, some of them don't work out. 
This means that when I'm experiencing something, it may happen through a particular person. But that person's decision is not the reason that happened to me. That person made a decision. That person carries the consequences for this decision. So the same is true with everything in life. This is what we call kalim, levushim. Do you need a withdrawal slip to access the money? You do need. But the most important thing is to have the money in the account. If you have the money in the account, the withdrawal slip is half torn, it's not torn, it's beautiful, it's not beautiful, it's perfect, it's not perfect. Now imagine somebody sacrifices their whole life for the withdrawal slip. You'd laugh at them, it's a joke. You're losing everything for nothing, this is nothing. It's important, yeah, you have to do it. But that's not where your focus is. Put the money in the bank. Focus is not on the document, on the check, or the withdrawal slip, or the deposit slip. The focus is on the money. Liyah kesef, v'liyah zov, nu'um Hashem tzvois, says in Tehillim. So sometimes a person builds their kalim, and builds their levushim, and builds their withdrawal slips, and builds it, and decorates it, and renovates it, and beautifies it, and glorifies it, and worships it, and flatters it, and makes sure it's the most perfect, and the most beautiful, but from a business point of view, they're investing in the wrong place. Why? Because it's a garzim biyad achaytzev. It's a levush. Yisrael sheba chutzlaretz. In chutzlaretz where the levushim are dense, here there's more room for this concept. Betara, where a person loses himself, loses his head, literally loses his head, of halir tekop. Sells a soul. Question? Yeah. So you said that the... A person can make a decision to do something. For example, there's a creditor. He sends the marshal out, but well, it's not. Yeah. The mar- he makes a decision to do that. Now, yeah. Whether the marshal is effective, you're saying that's right. not within the decision. Right. Right. He can decide to do what he wants. Whether he's effective is a whole different situation. The behavior is going to control the other. Right. 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 Yeah, that's why the Baal Shem Tov was told by his father. They say the last words the Baal Shem Tov's father told him before he passed away was, he says, I want to tell you two things. He was a little boy when he became a Yosem. He was only five. He had a father, Rebeliezer. And he said, Yisraelik, his name was Yisraelik. He said, I want to tell you two things. So it's the Shmeir Abin from Kein Zach and Kein Anisht of the Welt Chutz from the Meibrishter. So it's Lib Habin Yedi Yid with the Gansa Hearts and Hashem. Don't fear anybody or anything but Hashem should love every Jew with all your heart and soul. Those became the two, two pillars of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings, those two pillars. What does it mean, don't fear anybody and anything but Hashem? How could you not fear? If you're a normal person, there's somebody you're afraid of, unless you're insane. Every person has somebody on top that I want to impress, that can control my fate, that I need, whatever career you are. And even those of us who are aspiring to have the billions, they're also in a competition of their own. I need to transcend you, I need to get ahead of you. There's always somebody who's more powerful than you. In this world, there's always somebody who's more powerful than you. Or you're afraid that somebody's going to be more powerful than you. And the greatest tyrants and dictators lived with this uh, paranoia. So let's say he's not to be afraid of anybody or anything. But the truth is, he wasn't telling him don't be afraid of anybody or anything. Don't be afraid of anybody but Hashem. 
when somebody has real Yiris Hashem, then they don't have to be afraid of anybody or anything. If not, you're normal, you should be afraid of some people. It's very. It's not an easy thing. So the Baal Shem Tov's father wasn't just saying, don't be afraid of anybody and anything, and you know, judge, just, that's a crazy piece of advice. Some things you have to be afraid of. What he was saying is, if you'll be afraid of nobody and anything but Hashem, then you don't have to be afraid of anybody or anything. The Taki, you don't have to be afraid of anybody. If not, you should be. Because there's a lot of powerful people out there, a lot of sharks out there. You should be. And this once a person loses this, even in Shirish, it trickles down in a lot of in a lot of ways. One's dealing with a particular situation. So there was a yid, he's a big Talmud Chachim and a Paisik. So he tells me that uh, I asked him, it was a certain situation, I said, what happened with Lysagurim Ipneyish? Not to be afraid. So he he says, I'll tell you a story and you'll understand the answer. He says, there was once a Rav who had a Dintaira. I mean, it's an anecdote, but it's a, it's a good one. He had a Dintaira. There was a court case. And somebody slipped an envelope under, under the table. Somebody slipped an envelope, as they say. No. He took a look at the envelope during lunch break. And then suddenly, after lunch break, his psak, his ideas gravitated towards the man who handed him the envelope. Classic case of Hashoichad Yaver, and he, he gave the verdict was like this man. The other person comes over to the Rav afterwards. He says, Listen, I'm a practical person. I'm a businessman. I need money. I like money. You need money. You like money. We all need money. We all like money. I also understand. You know what? I also take bribes. I take bribes. I understand you. But one thing you're a big man. Five grand? You sell your soul. I understand that the guy gave you a check for a half a million bucks. It's worth it. But a distinguished person like you, for $5,000, that I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. At least a half a million, you should have a price tag. How much are you going to sell your soul for? Not for the, for garbage. I have to say it in Yiddish. He says, Hezechai, my tired of rent. I already sold myself, my soul 30 years ago for a million bucks. My soul is now everything is just profit. You know, it's dividends. Now it's just revach. It's the profit that comes from the bank. Here five, here ten, here five. That's it. My soul is sold. This was this man's answer to me. Did I secure Everything else since then, it's Altsrevach. That's it. What do I care? Another dollar, another buck. If you have a house, it's making revenue, it's making whatever it's making, it's all revach. You're already paid up. You're already paid up. But it represents something. It's called a fakoifta neshama. Fakoifta neshama means a sold salt. So it's not always in such blatant and graphic terms as bribery. It's sometimes in a subtle way. The neshama is afakoifte. The neshama is sold. There's a lack of true, true authenticity. True, true integrity. True wholesomeness. There's a brokenness. Why? It's all because there's the lack of this oneness, the yichud. So now we come to the last piece. 
Actually, the last piece. Valpihanal. I was just giving a marshal that you need a withdrawal slip to take out money from a bank. I can't go to the teller and say, my name is Y.Y. Jacobson, I have an account here, yeah? I have 63 bucks, I want it. She'll say, go, fill out the slip. I mean, I know today it's an ancient metaphor because you do it on the telephone, to go into a bank. But for those few of us who still go into the bank... So what I was saying is you need a withdrawal slip and you need to fill it out and you have to put in the right name. You need a Kaylee. This is the Kaylee. This is the way of accessing the money. But you don't... Don't go laminated and decorated. It. It's worseless. Why? What is in real life? In real life is that Hashem's hashpah comes through Kalim. There are withdrawal slips. Your business, your company, your factory, your job, your employment, your boss, your stocks, your real estate, whatever it is. Those are Kalim. Those are the withdrawal slips. And as he explains, you need them. Because the hashpah here has to come in gashmis, it has to translate into money. You can't eat atzillus here. In Ganadin, you can eat atzillus. Here you have to eat bagels. Bagels cost a dollar fifty. So you have to have the hashpah to come into physical food, to come into physical money, to come into physical clothes. So in Mela, the kalim that are thus kalim through which Havaya comes are kalim of gashmis. So there's different withdrawal slips. So it comes to law, there's a lawyer, and it comes to medicine, there's a doctor, and it comes to, to food, there's a nutritionist, it comes to back pain, there's a chiropractor or Dr. Sarna. V'chuli <laughs> v'chuli, whatever it is. Every nekud in life has kalim, right? The whole, all of life is through kalim. But what is it really? It's a kalim, it's a withdrawal slip. So do you need it? Yeah. Do you say, I don't do this, sorry, I don't do this. I stay home and the money comes from money comes from the sky. It doesn't. You have to go to the bank and take out the money. But you don't give over your neshama to the withdrawal slip and think that's what's good, that, that, that's where it's going to be. And you and you lose sight of everything else and you lose your connection with everything else. And you just tell you to avoid the dvekas. This is why it says, now by the Deir HaFlogu, if we remember, introduced the concept earlier that the Deir HaFlogu said, Let's make a name for ourselves. And the Arizal says that the Jews in Mitzrayim were a Gilgal of the Deir HaFlogu. And their subjugation, their work with mortar and bricks, was a continuation and a tikkun for the bricks that they made then by the Deir HaFlogu. So Chazal say, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Koftes, the Medrash says, Takaosa Rabbi Shmuel, interesting, Rabbi Shmuel says both. Rabbi Shmuel also, Ain't shame, ela avaydazar. What's pshat v'nasalonu shame? Avaydazar. Shazah yechet eraflog, what's pshat shame is avaydazar? It says, Shefridu es hashem ulekim m'shem avaydazar. V'nasalonu shame means, v'nasalonu shame, we're going to turn the shame into something. Why? Venasalon Shem means we want to make ourselves a name. He says, the word is, Venasalon Shem, the shame is now created into something separate. Meaning, Shem Alekim was separated from Havaya. So shame, the shame now becomes its own reality. So what happens? The moment you separate, the moment Shem Alekim, 
becomes its own Metzius. So now the, all the Mimutsayim, the intermediaries, become the most important thing. That's the source, that's the Shadish of all of Avedazar. What's the Nekud Avedazar? The Nekud Avedazar is that I worship something or anything in the world outside of oneness, outside of the true oneness. I give it real significance and not see it simply as a channel for the Eirein Saif. And this is temptations, this is experiences, this is encounters, this is struggles, this is everything in life. There's no Nekuda in life that is not a channel. Sometimes the Levushim are very thick. Sometimes the Levushim are very heavy, but it's a channel. In Mitzrayim, they fix, they repair the mistake of the Deir HaFlog. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Halal of the Zara, Halal of the Zara. One sec. A minute. That was the issue. Halal of the is because it was a Gilgal of those Neshamas. Whenever you're a Gilgal of a certain Neshama, you're going to deal with everything that Neshama had to deal with. Sometimes a person comes into this world, they're dealing with a lot of stuff because of a previous Gilgal. And it's not a mistake. Now, there's no mitzvah. It doesn't say anywhere you have to know what your previous Gilgal is. Some people go around their whole life trying to figure out their, their Gilgal. I tell them, instead of figuring out your Gilgal, why don't you figure out your life today? But the truth is that there's something tempting in it because of a lot of our life today is informed by, is defined by a Gilgal. So it says on the Arizal that he would look at somebody and he could say what Gilgal you are. Today you have to be very, very careful with these things because as somebody once said, those who know don't say and those who say don't know, especially if they're charging. So you have to be very, very careful because there are charlatans. There are Pasha charlatans. It's called Fakayf <laughs> Neshamas. And uh, there are gullible people. You hear Gilgulim, you see an ad in the paper, Gilgulim, Meloift, Gilgulim. I'm not saying everybody is a charlatan. I'm just saying there are charlatans out there. So as a result of this, the concept of Gilgul is where there's sometimes a soul is carrying a lot. And the special reason, a, a special Nakuda the soul comes in to this world. And there's certain experiences that are similar. So that's why there are experiences in Mitzrayim that are similar to the Aflaga. But and that way, in Bereshes, they are making bricks into stones. In other words, they didn't have stones in Babel, as Rashi says, so basically they molded bricks. And in Mitzrayim, they're doing the same thing. Why are they doing the same thing? Because they have to go back to the same place in order to repair the mistake. As the Rambam says from Tshuva, what is Tshuva? You've got to go back to the similar situation to redo it, but in a different way. So the Deir Flaga is doing things similar to, to the Mitzrayim is doing similar things. As explained elsewhere, Bariches that the Deir the Deir of Mitzrayim is going back to the situation of the Deir Flaga to repair it. But here comes the difference. But as a result of their work, what they saw in Mitzrayim was, before Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, they saw the manifestation of Hashem and Elikim as one. 
The miracles of the ten plagues. And then Kriyas Yamsuf, what happened? They saw down here miracles that were beyond nature. So in Mitzrayim, they saw the absolute manifestation of Avayev Elikim Kulachat because Teva suddenly yielded to that which was Lamailamanateva beyond nature. If Elikim was a real blockage of Shema Avayev, there's no way that there could be a Gilui Lamailamanateva Lamata. It's impossible because it's a real block. There's Avayev in his realm and there's Elikim in its realm. What's the expression? When you're in Rome, you... Uh, what's the expression? Huh? You do what the Romans do. This is, belongs to Rome. Lahavdil, this belongs to Anashem. This is a hell of a on Avaya. This conceals Shem Avaya. So that means Teva is ultimately defined as Teva. Why is it defined as Teva? Because Shem Alekim is really mastered on Shem Avaya. And that's why when Moshe meets Parai, Parai's expression is, Loyodati es Havaya. Even the Egyptians had a shaykhist too. That's why Yosef, when he speaks to Para, he says, Elikim will respond to Shlem Para. What does Elikim represent? Elikim is Lashen Rabbim. It's plural. The only name of Hashem that's plural. It says in Shulchan Aruch about the Shemus when you're Mechavan and Tfil, I think in Simon Chafei, that when you say Shem Elikim, you have to think the master of all the Toichas. In other words, it's Hashem as the one who is manifested in all the toichas of the Bria, in all the powers of the Bria. It's Shem Elikim. When you separate Elikim from Avaya, what does this mean? It means Teva has its own rules. Now this itself could come out in thousands of different philosophies, in higher ways and lower ways, until ultimately it trickles down to the philosophy of Mitzrayim. But the philosophy ultimately is, Lo Yadati Avaya. And therefore... Might is right. Pari says, I could subjugate the people. I could. If I could, I will. I have that. Pari himself is a, is, is a demigod. And you see, and this is an important idea we're going to see here. I hope Ezra Hashem to finish the Haimah tomorrow. That Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't just preaching to Pari, let the people go. I don't know if you ever thought about this. When you read the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we're not used to reflecting, what if? Okay? But if you were God, <laughs> I know that's a weird question, and you wanted to take the Jewish people out of Egypt, what would you do? <laughs> you would take them out. You would take them out. What's this Gansam Maisa with Pirate? With, who has time? Who has patience? Gansam they're going back like, like, this, like this, this game in school between the principal and the kids. Oh. Take them out. You want to take them out? Take them out. He goes back and back and back, and it's like like almost this whole spill. I'll show you, I'll show you. And Pari is in, and then he's out, and he's in, and he's out, and he's out, and he's out. But obviously it wasn't just he wanted to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. There was a whole a whole consciousness that had to be introduced. What was it? The Nikud of Avayahu Alakin. Not Stam, I could take them out. A whole different Nakuda. How to understand Teva. And that was a paradigm shift 
that allowed a new consciousness to exist in the world, as we will see. Continue tomorrow, Beis Rosh Yes. He says there, he says the whole point of this, all right, it sent to us in the email because I spoke about my son. At the end, the last piece he says is, well, you there this him, you should come to realize that even within this Torah, it says, no, it yes, 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 yes. The Nikuda. Yes. The Nikuda. Beautiful vote on Lamer, Lamer, huh? Lamer. Shabbos. The Gemara says, what is tshuva? Tshuva is same time, same place, same woman. In other words, you re, you have to go back to those experiences and redo them. The, the definition of insanity is going to do the same things. No, you're going to do it differently. But the definition of insanity You're right. is, is, is doing the same thing and expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. So why would but you expect things to be different when you go back to the same Because situation? your consciousness changed. Wow, that's a scary thing to say. That you know, so by insanity, I can, I can change my consciousness also and, and, and do the same thing. So that negates the whole, the whole concept of insanity, right? No, the idea is that when a person changes their thoughts about something... They'll change their actions about it. You can come back, you can be in the same situation, but you're going to respond differently. Take it in a marriage, yeah? A wife says something to a husband and he's triggered, or the other way around, yeah? If he works on himself, she works on herself, a year later, a month later, the same comment is said to you, and you, you, you may still be triggered, but you have tools to deal with it. You could tell yourself, I'm being triggered now because X, Y, Z, and it hurts, and it's painful, and uh, a part of me wants to go back to that place where I was and respond the same way, but because of my awareness, I'm now going to choose a different path. I'm going to choose to respond a different path, even though I can't completely extricate that. The same is true with so many other areas. That's what tshuva is. Tshuva means you're tested, you might be tested with the same facts. But my approach is a different approach. So a Gilgal, the soul comes down, it has those experiences, right? But now it can do things a little differently. It can develop a new consciousness. And as a result of its life in this Gilgal, it can develop a consciousness and experience and wisdom and respond differently. And that's what's called, that's what's called a tikkun. There are things a soul completes, and then there are those things the soul didn't complete or still needs to go through, or maybe has to give to others, so the soul comes back. That's what a Gilgal is. So in that process, there's a lot of stuff and experiences that I bring from the past. I know a woman once came to me. She told me every night she's in Auschwitz. She goes into bed, she's in Auschwitz. A whole night. She's in her 30s. She lives there. She screams at night. I don't know about Gilgulim. I'm not one of these guys. But it was pretty obvious to me that she's not... Uh, 
he didn't have to be a rocket scientist to see. She carries a lot in her. Now, what's the purpose? I don't know what the purpose is. But she can't ignore it. You know? Take a look, look at the title of Harizal Parshus Noyach. That the Eden of Mitzrayim were a Gilgal of the Dera Flood. That's what he says. I Really? Yeah, I don't feel that great about being Jewish now. What's up? You have the swarm of kids? You have kids by you? I understand. I could bring it in. I could send you a copy. What do you mean? It's hard to understand. Okay. With a friend. With a friend in the minion. With a friend in the minion. It's kind of hard to maintain. With a so the Rizal, the Rizal teaches that uh, many of the souls, doesn't mean all of the souls, but many of the souls who were Mitzrayim were reincarnated from the generation that built the Tower of Babel known as the Haflaga. Explained before, the reason they're called Dirt Haflaga it's not just because of the punishment that they were divided. Niflaga means piluk, mm-hmm. they were divided. But it also represents their own mistake. And their mistake was that they personified the concept of plukta, of piluk, of division, of pirut. And that is basically that they embodied the period between two things, between Havai and Elikim. And that's Venasa Lanu Shem. Chazal say on this, Shem is Avodah All Avodah even in the most subtle, subtle way, represents a plukta, a piluk. The idea that a person starts seeing the concealments of life as ultimately real. And therefore, it becomes a trap for the person. Where the emes is, the yichud of avaya ve'elikim, ladas, ki Hashem hu which means, as he puts it earlier, where the truth is, the truth is, as he put it, the Lashon was, that, ein shum davar master klal. There's never really a moment of concealment. There's always a moment of opportunity. And that's a very, very serious paradigm shift between a life of haflaga, of plukta, where there's a real machloikas, so to speak, between heaven and earth. There's a real machloikas between light and darkness. There's a real machloikas between good and bad. There's a real machloikas between ruchnius and gashmius. The real machlekes between soul and body. There's a real machlekes between the higher self and the lower self. The real machlekes between Ness and Teva. The real machlekes with what's right and with what I want. There's a real machlekes. That's maybe the biggest. Maybe the biggest machlekes. There's a real machlekes between the pnimius and the chitzonis. It's all a machlekes. The question is, who wins the machlekes? Sometimes this one wins. Sometimes that one wins. 
That whole mistake, that whole premise is a mistake. It's a natural mistake. It's a mistake as a result of tzimtzum, as a result of halakim, as a result of the perception of concealment. But it's a mistake because really everything is only an opportunity to connect. Everything is an opportunity for a relationship. Everything is an opportunity to go deeper. Every, even a challenge is not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. Just like the teacher is never concealing. He's always giving and bringing it down to the place of the student. And everything is there. You just have to be able to reveal it. master So nothing really is concealing. The fact that a person in his own mind creates the Hester, that's the idea of the Haflaga, of the period, of this Machlaikas, of these, of this concept, of these two realities. And the way it's expressed is in every moment in life. The whole Avoida of a person, you could sum up as the Avoida, the consciousness, to be able to be Meyachid Hashem and Elikim. And as he was Meyach at length, the way it manifests itself, particularly when it comes to business, when it comes to one's involved, that which requires, attacker requires, one's involvement in the material world. And thus, finally, we come back to the idea of the Ariza, that many souls during Mitzrayim were a Gilgal, were a reincarnation of the Der HaFloga. And the Levena, the turning the, 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 the turning the, using the Levena, the bricks, the Avaida over there, reflected and was a tikkun for the Avaida by Mitzrayim. But the Shibut Mitzrayim this time produced what we call the Nisim of Mitzrayim, the Gulas Mitzrayim, which, as he said, essentially demonstrated the yichud, the unity of Hashem and Elikim. Right. So that was the tikkun. The souls of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim came back and fixed, they repaired that which happened in, a, in an earlier Gilgal. So now we continue. This is the meaning of a story that the Gemara says. It's a difficult story to understand. In Sanhedrin Daflamites, Sechta Sanhedrin Daflamites and the Gemara tells the following story. There was a min. Min is usually what we would call a heretic. Some are in the Gemara over there. Amgusha it has two interpretations if it's a sorcerer or a heretic. But according to many, it's the concept of a min. A min, an apika, a heretic, told Amemar, one of the Amirayim, Mipalgach Ula'ela Dohormis. Your upper half, palga means from half, ula'elan up, means your upper half, the upper half of your body, belongs to hormiz. Mipalgach, the lasata, your lower half, from midway of your body lower, is to hormon, belongs to hormon. That's what he said. Ein from. Take a look in Teisvus there. The reason he says to take a look in Teisrus is because when you look at the Gemara, according to most versions, he told them, Your higher half belongs to Hormiz, your lower half belongs to Ahormiz. Hormiz with an Aleph, 
an aleph in the in the in, 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 as a prefix. And according to that interpretation, the meaning is a little different. Although uh, the, the Nekudde ultimately the argument is the same, but according to the first version, that's why he says Ein Teisves. Hormiz is the name of a demon, a shed, a demon. Ahormiz is the Persian name for God. So he said, your higher half belongs to a demon. Your lower half belongs to Ahormiz, which is God. But Taisvis puts in over there the gear said that he brings in this mimer. Your higher half belongs to Hormiz, and your lower half belongs to Hormin. And basically, Taisvis says that Hormiz is actually a euphemism for Hashem. comes from the word chain, grace, in Persian. So you, what he was saying, and your lower half belongs to Hormin, which is a shed, a demon. So in other words, this man was telling a Maymar, it's a very strange conversation, that there's a split in you. The higher half belongs to Hashem, Hormiz, and your lower half belongs to demons, Hormiz. Ein After the parenthesis, we'll go back to the parenthesis, I just wanted to read the whole Gemara. Mm-hmm. So Maymar tells this fellow, this min, really? How does Hurman, who is control of in control of the lower half, allow Hurmiz to pass water through his territory? Which means everything we take into our mouth, which is the upper half of the body, of course, at some point or another, is going to be passing through the channels that are in the lower half of the body. And that includes a lot of excrement and a lot of filth and a lot of dirt, etc. So he says, why would Hormin allow Hormis to pass all this dirty water, all this uh, dirty liquids through his are? Are is his karka, through his, like his, his estate, his territory. That was his answer. Okay. At first glance, the question is strange. Answer is strange. What does it mean the lower half belongs to one? What is this? Is this is this not a joke? So if the Gemara is just recording jokes. What does it even mean that body has two two different sources? There's a brain. Basic basic uh, lowest level of biology is everybody knows a healthy body works in unison and integration. To say that the lower half of the body has its, its own machinery, its own functionality, its own CEO. I mean, sometimes maybe it feels that way. <laughs> sometimes at some point it feels that, you know, the higher body is not in control anymore. Yeah. Like a person says, ich will, ich will, but I want to stay up. But the lo- huh? Maybe that's me. Huh? Yes, he gives it a name. This is, it belongs to Hashem, this belongs to Hashem. So what does Amema tell him? Why would he allow water to pass through him? But the Emes is that the question, his taina wasn't uh, such a foolish taina. It was something that people think of, think, they reflect. He was basically expressing a certain idea. He expressed it in these words. That's why he's, Taka chooses the Giris of Taisvis. And Amema was answering him something. He was telling him something profound. And he's using the language that he's using as a mushal, as a metaphor, talking about mashalim. This is also a mushal. What's the mushal? So let's now understand what's the toichen of the argument. So back to the parentheses. Hainu. 
This man wanted to say, that in the world there are two separate Rishuyas, there are two authorities, two domains. There's an idea that God left the earth. Not that he didn't, uh, that he doesn't know about it, but Ozav Hashem, he ultimately allowed the earth and he delegated. He delegates planet earth, the stars, the mazalas, the constellations. His glory is in heaven. In other words, in heaven, in heavenliness, in ruchnius, in transcendence, in spirituality, that's where you'll find him. That's where you'll connect to him. But in Eretz, in Arzius, in earthiness, it's not even suitable to say that he's, in, he's, he's completely involved and manifested. Lamata, down here, the sources of influence, are ultimately the Mazalas, which are the heavenly constellations, the various groups of stars, which were perceived to have tremendous influence. And they run their own show, and they could block, truly block, and conceal godliness. This was the erroneous, koizevis means the false, shitta, the fourth, fourth false opinion of this man. And that's, rec- that's represented in those, that words, in those words. There's who you are in the higher place, and there's who you are in the lower place. And what does this mean in a person's avoida? There are times when you're in a higher mode. You're more ruchnistic, it's more shamayim. Your, your, your mind is functioning more. And then there's times when, how do we say it? When lower parts of the body are more alive. And as you know, the two often don't work together. So the higher parts of the body are alive, the seat of consciousness, of reflection, of purpose, of meaning, of morality, however you want to define it. But but you have to realize that there's another part of the body. The other part of the body, this already has its own system, its own mahalach, and this is a different reshus with a different balabas, with a different domain, and don't mix the two. There's times that I'm in Shamayim, and there's times that I'm in Eretz, and it's two separate realities. Now let me be a chimpanzee. An hour ago I was a, ma- a human being, but now, now I'm going to be a chimpanzee with everything that a chimp represents. Or another gorilla, or another ape, or another monkey, etc. Who gets excited about the bananas... And not only about the bananas. If we would only get excited about bananas, but there's going to be a Church and state, yeah. Church and state, yeah. Separation. Two authorities, and we don't mix in. We don't mix in. Could have God done it differently? Of course. But he created an Eretz. And Eretz has its own systems. The body has its own systems. It has its own channels, its own ways. There's a way of getting Ashpah. In the real world, there's a way of accessing the influence. you got to go to the Kechavim, you got to go to the Mazals, whatever that means. And that's the whole idea of Yisrael Shabbat It's Oiv Betar. From the Gemara in the Masechta, Avodazar, Davches, Rabbi Shmuel said. The same Rabbi Shmuel who said that ain't shame, Ella Avodazar. Nasalanu shame, Lishitase. 
that the idea of Yisrael Shabachutz Lord's Evdev is other Batarain is that there's a source of Hashpah. Because Shema Lakim is a real thing. And the Kalim, the vessels, the containers, they, so to speak, take over. The systems that were created. What's the MS? The MS is that it's, 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 This is a misreading of reality. It's a misreading of reality. It's we understand where it comes from, but it's a misreading of reality. Every nekuda that happens below is the same reality that's happening above. There's no real Hester. Elamai. Sometimes there's an isoyin. Sometimes there's a a blockage which could conceal the light, but its entire purpose is to reveal. What's the answer? What's the answer? So I'll be pshat again. You see that uh, the lower body is basically facilitating the higher body, right? So it's the charaya that it is one boss. It's one authority. But what's the deeper meaning? According to their erroneous perception, that the intermediaries, meaning all the kalim that the Rebbeinu created in each world, and in our world too, you have all the mumutsayim. Mumutsayim could mean your doctor. Mumutsayim could mean your job. Mumutsayim could mean your body. Mumutsayim could mean your money, your food. Everything is a mumutsa. Everything is an intermediary, a channel. Channels that we use in order to be able to live. All the Mamutsayim, which they hold are real master, they really conceal. How does Hurmin allow Hurmiz to pass water through its territory? What's the idea of passing water? How does he allow, how is there a concept of Elikus, real Gili Elikus in the world? That's the significance of what happened by Mitzrayim. Why is Mitzrayim such a central event in Jewish history? Not only central, all of Yiddishkeit today, we always say, Zeichel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Pasuk says, There's a mitzvah to mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in the morning. There's a mitzvah to mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim at night. As we say in the Haggadah. Many of the mitzvahs we do zechel itzias mitzrayim. It was an event, a beautiful event, an amazing event. It's not just history. It represented a certain truth that even if we don't have yitzias mitzrayim physically today, the truth of yitzias mitzrayim is essential to the whole of Yiddishkeit. Why? What is it? Because yitzias over there they saw in a very real way. The revelation of Yutke Vavke, of Havaya, of Elikus, godliness, here in this world. Im Kenareiro, they saw, Eksha Shem Elikim, Ene Master Klalal Shem Havaya. The Shem Elikim doesn't block Havaya, Havaya, Elikim, Kulachad Mamash. And Havaya and Elikim are one. And this was the whole function of all the Makas and everything that happened by Mitzrayim. It wasn't just to make a beautiful show and Hashem doing all these tricks in order to impress Pari. If he wanted to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim, there were much simpler and easier ways to get the Jews out of Mitzrayim. It was rather 
really, Moshe Rabbeinu was giving a shir, as I said, he was giving a shir to Pare. If you really want, you could read the whole Chumash. You could read Shmoiz Ve'eri Boi B'Shalach. As a shir. Moshe was speaking to Pare, he was explaining to him something. Like a good teacher, he explained it through props. He illustrated it. He illustrated it, you know, on a screen. Not just on a screen, in reality. But it was all an illustration of an idea. We make the mistake, we learn the Makkas, we learn Kriya Samsaf, it's another trick. It's basically somebody who was, now, now we're going to pull out of the bag an even more impressive. You thought the frogs were pretty cool? Now I'm going to show you the lice. You think the lice were cool? Now I'll show you the wild beasts. And so on, and each time the trick becomes more dramatic and more consequential until the last trick. The Makkas happened. But the Makkas themselves are a marshal. They're a, like everything. They're also a marshal. There was a tutorial going on. There was a presentation going on. Each Makkah was trying to inculcate a certain consciousness. The Nikuda of what, that's why it was so important. It's a, if you, if you see the convers, if you look at the conversations between Moshe and Pira, you know, when we read Chumash, we're just used to the stories the way we heard it as in our childhood. We don't revisit anything. When you read Chumash, it's good to stop and just to imagine, to think about the reality of it. Many of the conversations between Moshe and Pare are very, very strange. Extremely strange. Pare begs Moshe, for example, to get rid of the frogs. So Moshe says, Hispoerli, if you want, <laughs> I'll brag at this moment. When do you want I should get rid of the frogs? When do you want? So Pari says, I want tomorrow. <laughs> so Moshe says, yes, Kedvarch, it's going to be exactly, what was, what was this? Moshe was trying to figure out, Moshe was trying to convince Pari that he could do it at the right time. The frogs themselves were not enough. Marcus Pchoyres is a whole meister that he had to say, because if he would say, what are they going to say? Eh, is a lie. I want to ask you a question. Somebody comes to a particular population, a whole country, and says, 12 o'clock a.m., in every house is going to be a corpse. Chalila. It happens 12.01 a.m. Eh, it's nothing. He's a liar. Everybody's dead. It happened 11.58. Wow. Like the mice of the police who, who call somebody, somebody's driving, uh, Rabbi Lankri said it on Shabbos, the Bar Mitzvah a few weeks ago, somebody's driving a very expensive Jaguar. It doesn't look like it's Min Biminoi, that he owns it. So the policeman, uh, the policeman pulls him over, takes him out of the car, draws a circle, so you stay in this circle, yeah, if you go out, I shoot you. And he takes a bat, and the policeman starts breaking the car, every window and the headlights and the taillights, every part of the car. And he turns around, and this fellow is laughing, laughing, laughing. He says, Vos I'm not telling you. Please tell me, I'm not telling you, it's private. He continues to bash the car, but as a real bash, it's a churban. And he's laughing away. He says, tell me, you're going to punish me. I promise you I won't. What happened? He says, as you were bashing the car, I ran out of the circle seven times. <laughs> wow, you, Moise, Moise got his government at ruin. That's why he says, 
The fact that he brings frogs, that's not enough. Ooh, you, I, he said it's going to leave at 10. It left 9.30, left 11.30. So some other, and it keeps on happening by the Marcus. What was it? Was it Pani Sugar? No, it's a Dreyte. It was a smart person. It's all the same Nakuda. Pani didn't have a problem with crazy things happening. The Khartoumim were into that the whole time. Sorcery, Mitkishat, Matmaisis. Pani had one Nakuda. It's nothing to do with Havaya. <laughs> It has to do with kaychus of teva. You have to know how to manipulate nature. There's black magic, there's voodoo, there's magicians, there's manipulation, there's psychics. There's all types of kaychus. I'm not familiar with them. But people who could manipulate stuff, whether it's real or it's perception. Good, the Rambam and the Rambam and Hilchus of the Unleashes and says it's all hevel of volume. It's adimian nivra. It's damn fairy tales. Never happened. There was no such a thing. The Vilna Gaon and Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea and the Lord of Edezara writes that here Nimshech Rambam Achere HaPhilosophia HaArura the Beer Hagra that the Rambam was impacted by cursed philosophers who didn't like any of this. How we interpret Shittas Rambam Shittas Hagra, but the Nekudi here was. Pari worshipped all the koiches. They used to bring carbonas. They used to appease them. Why? There's the god of the wind, and there's the god of the sun, and there's the god of the moon, and there's the god of the stars, and there's the god of the weather, there's the god of rain, and there's the god of snow, and there's the god of fire, and there's the god of water, and there's the god of crop, of produce, of vegetation. Each has a god. And different gods, it's like wrestling matches. And you have to appease the different gods. They should be on your side. They invested in the god of the Nile because the Nile looks like a powerful god. In fact, in fact, it says in Swan the Balatanya writes, the reason they wanted to make an eagle, they wanted to make an eagle is because the Jews left in Nisan. Nisan is the month, the mazel of Tleh, which is the sheep. Ir is Shair, which is the bull. And the Egyptians worship the sheep. And what happened was, Mazel Shoy, that God, was victorious over Mazel Tleh. And that's why they managed to get the Jews out in the month of Nisan, which is on the Mazel Tleh, because Shoy defeated Tleh, and therefore took the Jews out. So what's the best way to ensure victory? you got to invest in the bull. you got to invest in the calf. That's why they make an eagle. In other words, they still retained an Egyptian philosophy. So there's this kayak and this kayak and that kayak. What does this mean in America in 2019? Yeah? When we're not uh, polytheists, we're official monotheists. Huh? Hopefully. Hopefully. But it's the same concept. Here I'm trying to impress my boss. Here I'm trying to impress this one. Here I'm appeasing this one. Here I have to do this for you. Here I have to do this for you. I basically sell my soul to all types of kayaks around me. It's the same concept. It's just we're not worshipping Nile rivers. We're a little more intelligent than that. The iPhone, yeah? <laughs> the question is not if I worship. The question is what I worship. Everybody worships something. Everybody got a God. I still did not meet a person. Even atheists have a God. Everybody got a God. The question is, what is your God? People say, I don't believe in God. No, no, there's no such a thing. Everyone has a God. There's something you worship. It may be your ego, it may be your insecurities, maybe your depression, maybe your addictions, maybe your promiscuity, maybe your fears, maybe your trauma, maybe your pain. You're worshipping something. 
something is calling the shots. Maybe your shrigger, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your boss, maybe the dollar bill, maybe the dollar bill, maybe the New York Times, maybe a certain politician. Huh? The whole bag. Huh? Maybe the whole bag. Everything and more. <laughs> I mean, we could find more. Every, I don't have a God. Everybody has a God. You may be your own God. Your ego, your laziness, that's fine. Everybody has a God. Everybody worships something. The question is what? The question is what? From a Yahadu's perspective, if you worship a real God, if you worship the real God, then you don't have to have any other gods. So what Pari was arguing is, Moshe... Rashi says he told Moshe, You're going to teach us about magic? <laughs> You're going to teach us about magic? You're going to go into a pizza shop and teach them about cheese and, and, and tomato sauce? You're going to go into a kiddush and teach them about herring? This is, this is what we do, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, very nice. You found a few tricks of your God. He can even expect, he can understand that the Jews have a God, the Hebrews have a God. But it happens to be that in this game, in this arena, our God is a little more powerful. Vaharaya, we're subjugating you. That was the Vart. You brought frogs? Okay. We also brought frogs. Your sticks became snakes? Okay, impressive. What happens? His Hever also do it. That's why you'll see an interesting thing. You see this the whole... If you'll understand this, you'll see the whole story from this perspective. There's a book I once read by Rabbi David Foreman, David Foreman, from the Five Towns. He has a book called The Exodus, the Passover that you probably passed over. And he brings out this point very, very nicely. In all the stories, for example, after, uh, after the Makkah of Dever, the plagues... So the first thing it says, Paroi sent to see what happened by the Jews. <laughs> and they said, Loi meis afecha. <laughs> Every animal died by you. That's the only cheshbon, that's the first thing. But that was very important. I'll tell you why. Because if the idea is that this God now suddenly had power, so Moshe wouldn't be able to predict a moment. The moment became extremely important. But we is Moshe in control of this. And Moshe therefore had to say kachatzois because that would become very important. The fact that it could be predicted down to a moment, to a second, and that there's a synchronization. In other words, there's one reality in control of everything. One reality in control of everything. Or in the other words, what beats what Mitzrayim, what Vyadum Yedu Mitzrayim Kiani Hashem. Pare said, what was his lashon? Lo yadati es havaya. Elikim, there's koiches of teva. Different koiches of teva. But the koiches of teva are real. The concept that Moshe was teaching Pare was, it was a shir. It was the first shir of Yadaita. It was the first shir of Yadaita. But he was illustrating it in ways that I can't. I'm sorry. Same Nukud, the Edzbelikimi. They said, Ooh, this guy, this 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 God has some muscles we don't got. Yeah, this Alba Nakuda. 
There's not been a kudah. And this resulted in the philosophy. The philosophy was that these gods you appease, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they want what you want, and therefore you have to appease them. There's no morality to it, and there's no right and wrong that defines the whole universe. It doesn't exist. This was the machloikas between para. Essentially the same machloikas between the min and amemar. And that's what we say in Halal. Romal kol goyim Hashem al hashamayim kvoidei. Mik Hashem alakeinu amagbi l'shavas amashpil l'iriz b'shamayim avaretz. The Balatanya writes that it's a debate. In Halal, the first chapter of Halal, there's a debate going on. Some say, Romal kol goyim Hashem. Sounds great. He's Rom. He's exalted above. Al hashamayim kvoidei. He belongs in heaven. The higher half belongs to Hormuz. Yeah, over there, yeah, unbelievable. But this is a real world. This is Eretz. What do the Jews respond? Both names. He's higher. Therefore, he could come down by Shemayim or Ba'aretz. In other words, he's infinitely removed from Shemayim as he is from Aretz. And therefore, if he could come into Shemayim, he'd come into Aretz also. It's not a student. Or to put it differently, the whole Tzimtzum is only the Gilui of Havaya in the Mekaymas of the world. It's bringing down Bligvul into Gvul. Gvul is also Bligvul. There's no Nekudah of Hester ever. So a person says, what do you mean? I have all these crazy tithes that I'm dealing with. What do you mean? No. In that gufa, in that gufa is the opportunity, the calling of Avaya. It's an opportunity for discovery, for growth. Even the biggest Nisayan. It's a big Hester. You could fall. But it's really Nisayan. What's the word Nisayan? To lift up. Nace. It's a really a miracle. Nisayan and Nace is exactly the same Shirish. Valakim Nisa Savram. Laman Nasois Hashem Eschem. Kimenas Hashem Alekechem Eschem Lodas. Elevation, tests, and miracles. All the same Nakuda. Every Nisayan is a challenge to reveal the Ness in the Teva. That's what a Nisayan is. It's to reveal the miracle waiting to happen through your perspective. And when you do that, suddenly you see that the Teva was only a channel for Ness. Havayahu Elikim. do that with Das, yeah. We do that with Das. Das, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way to get um, on top of this whole situation, keep building Das, keep building Das getting strong. Learning, learning, learning. You learn, you learn Chassidus. It changes the paradigm. <laughs> I can repeat it a hundred times, but I've them. Ah, the last sentence. He takes notes. Trust me, I forgot what I said. No, I mean, I know the Nakuda, but I don't remember the words. But the Kudu was that every Nisa, every Nisayan, every Nisayan is really a miracle 
waiting to happen. But this has to be your miracle. It has to be your miracle. This is not God's miracle pre-Tzimtzum. This is the human miracle post-Tzimtzum. What does it mean it's a miracle waiting to happen? The ability to be able to look at Teva and not get be afraid of it. The worst thing is to get afraid, to be afraid, to become paralyzed. All paralysis comes from the fact that Havai and Elikim are not one. All paralysis means I'm stuck. I'm stuck. This doesn't mean there's no challenge. There's a challenge and there's pain. But that goof is part of it, as discussed in a few of the shir. Challenge and paralysis are not the same thing. Challenge means that now i got to flex my muscles and take it on with dignity, with depth, with sensitivity, with attentiveness. Paralysis is shituk. Paralysis is paralyzed. Jetzt verstehst du? Paralyzed. In English it's paralyzed. In Yiddish it's paralysis. Then when you said paralysis is paralysis, now I understand. It's different, huh? Now he does. Yeah. So this was the conversation. It was a sophisticated conversation. He said, People say it all the time. Now my upper body is not in control. Now my lower body is in control. This belongs to Orman. This belongs to Shadim, ghosts. You don't want to call it, today we don't call them ghosts. Today we call it biological functions, cravings, whatever it is. We don't use the word hormone. So he said, no, 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 how does the water pass through him? The fact that water passes through him is, there's Gilead Lekus in the world, where does hormone come in? It's because hormone is really only a lavush. There's no metzius of hormone. Good question. So why do how some have the minic to wear a gartel by davening to separate the higher from the lower? We want to bring the two together. Very good question. The answer is to bring the two together you have to have a division. <laughs> To bring the two together, you have to have a division, you have to have a differentiation. Because if not, what can often happen is, instead of bringing the higher into the lower, you bring the lower into the higher. Yosef will think that this is taka. Right. Yeah. In other words, one has to be able to have the differentiation and to be able to say, this is higher and this is lower. And then the lower could become infused with meaning by the higher. If there's no division, the person could just surrender and uh, and become defined by the lower. So, the same is true when the Jewish people come into the land. Here is the next step in the Yichud that in his Boyer we explain. The Yisrael should be chutzlords, the Yavidazara Batara, and the Gemara says. The chef of Elikos comes through the levushim of Asiya, which are which are very concealing. In Isis of Nister, it goes through the levush of Yitzira, and Chutzlar it goes through the levush of Asiya. 
The levush of Yitzira is a higher, it's a more fine levush. So now it's Israel, there's a more of a tangible manifestation that Elikim is not separate from Avaya. That Avaya and Elikim are one. There's the physical Eretz Yisrael, but there's also the spiritual Eretz Yisrael. A person could be physically in Eretz Yisrael, but they're not in Eretz Yisrael. We say, even Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael say in Musaf of Yom Tov, What do you mean, Golino? You're living in Eretz Yisrael. You could be in Eretz Yisrael, you could be in Golos. And then there's the concept of Eretz Yisrael. The Meiri says at the end of Ksuvus, the Meiri says, it's one of the Rishonim, that Kol Mokim Sheh Shamayim Dinek Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is not just a place in the world. It is, a, of course, a place of the world. But the place of the world is also a marshal. It's a state of consciousness. So he says, The Eretz who loshen Ratzin. The word Eretz comes from the word Ratzin, desire. Kamaim Razal, the Medrash says, She's called Eretz because there's a Ratzin. She wanted to, she was yearning, running to do the will of her Creator. Ubavoida. What is this in Avayda? It's the Avayda's Hashem observing mitzvahs, accepting the yoke of heaven to do the will of the Creator. So going into Eretz Yisrael means going into a state of Eretz, Eretz Yisrael, a place. In Avayda's Hashem, as a person lives in the world of Torah, lives in the world of mitzvahs, Kabbalah, Soil, Malchus, this is what allows a person to be able to have access and to perceive the world as being one, as, be, as there being it being a place of unity between Hashem and Elokim. And that's why, as you go back to the beginning, the first question, Moshe Rabbeinu introduces the Pasuk V'yadaita Hayoy after speaking about, number one, the exodus of Egypt, and number two, entering into the land of Eretz Yisrael. And then he says, he wanted to understand the Shaykhs. So for this, he went in to explain what Havai is, and what Elikim is, and what Havai, who Elikim is, etc., etc. So now we come back and he says, because through the experience of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which was step one, and the second experience of going into Eretz Yisrael, which is a land of Kedusha, both physically and spiritually, boyim, these two things help the Jew to come, to the knowledge, the conviction, the that Hashem is Elikim, what does it mean, what does this mean, that the person in his life should unify what is represented by Havai, represented by Elikim, to realize Havai and Elikim are Mamash. Yes, yes, yes. And that's the transformation. Exactly. It, it's very interesting because the, uh, 
Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, used to say in the name of Zayda Rechaim, it's a famous kash in the Rambam, how come Zechir uh, Sisi Mitzrayim doesn't count in the Minyan of Mitzvahs? So a lot of answers, why should it be counted? Sipri Sisi Mitzrayim, but by Zayda Nayis, but not Zechir Sisi So the answer of Chaim Brisk is, because really, Zechir Sisi Mitzrayim's Kabbalah is all not Shemayim, and that's why it's in Kriya Shema, because it's, it's Kabbalah is all not Shemayim, so you've been sorry for the Kriya Shema, and, and therefore it's already in the, in the Kol, in the midst of Kriya Shema. But that taka makes sense. Like, in what way is Chirusi Yisrael 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 they really, you can't say we're totally successful, like you said, by Chet Eagle. Because otherwise, the Malachim couldn't have tied the Halal over the Zerah, Halal over the Zerah. This is after they came to Tribe, they're still screaming, What are you doing? Right. So they didn't burn it all out. They're, they're right. working on it. Right. Yeah, they have to say they yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the last question is by the dark, Haflugger, though, Vinivnalano Hashemai. So the symbolism was not Vinivnalano Hashem of separating, of being a crisis. The symbolism was Taku reaching. The it, it, I don't know how you take that symbolism and say Vinasalon Hashem means they wanted to separate and say that, that we're going to make ourselves our own shame. The whole symbolism was exactly the opposite. Well, as Rashi puts it, they want to make a Migdal Viroshe Bashamayim. Uh, to have a rosh, and, yeah. have, and it will be down here, but there'll be a rosh. Yeah, and also it will replace the need for Shemayim because it's two separate universes. I'll let you know later, okay? I just have to uh, decide. Chazara. <laughs> I asked I asked Rabbi Gans why he made so many the copies of the whole thing with the last pages, so people should take it home and Chazar. <laughs> Thank you very much. people are very excited. I'm sure you'll hear from ah, oh, okay. the tailoring a shift. Oh my god, they're, they're very, very excited. Yeah. Chazara of the whole thing you mean tomorrow? And ain't talk Chazara. You mean Arumrein, Arumrein. Our boy Mia in Venindre Nabachas. That's true. That's his Emmas. As I said, we only touch the surface. Rak Nagano be Shechvachitz on it. Rak Meshema Lekim. Koyinish Adaita de Rabach, Raboyan Shnin. It was a fire. And uh, he started to dance. He saw the fire. He started to dance. So they thought that Nebuch, uh, yeah, he went crazy from the Agamas Nefesh. So they started to speak to him. And they saw, no, it's ganz, ganz bis Yashvas. So they said, what's the grace of Simcha? He was saying, Baruch Atar, Shem Shaloyasani Goy, Loyasani Goy. So he said, if I would have been a Goy, <laughs> my God would have been burnt down in the house. 
This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.